You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about supervisees that are both motivated and autonomous. This week, we read Play with Motivation, How Autonomy and Rewards Boost Learning, published in Psychology Today, 2023. Um, I think these are really being uh, autonomous and motivated, pretty important characteristics of a supervisee. Definitely. Um, Heather, how many of your uh, supervisees do you think are intrinsically motivated? Hmm. I would say, actually, I think they might have some X. I would say they all are. Are They're all intrinsically motivated? I think so. Okay. In a supervisee, what is intrinsic motivation? So we're saying they like... In, in, within themselves, right. they want to improve. Right. They're always looking for the next. Well, man, you, f- I feel like you, you are very lucky. <laughs> I have good ones right now. Really good like... ones. But in the history of all supervision, no, I don't think that. Okay. I feel like I've had a run of supervisees that were not very intrinsically motivated. Okay. Not but, all, but, but what are they uh, extrinsically motivated by? Like what's the, Oh, I think, okay. Being extrinsically motivated as a supervisee to it's me, not would money. Be, <laughs> I think that I think mine are, okay. I think that they think this, the quicker I do this, the harder I work, the, the sooner I will get to the point where I'm making the money I want, have the job I want. Okay have the title because mm-hmm. i mean where Some we work that, yes right where we work our supervisees have a different title mm-hmm. and so i think that they feel i don't know what's the word disenfranchised maybe a little maybe, bit yeah I think because so. they have this different title so right. here they're we're called licensed professional counselors supervisors or licensed marriage family therapist supervisors but the other classifications are lpc or lmft associate right that's what our supervisees are called and then once you've passed that point, then you're either an LPC or an LMFT. Right. Um, I think that they feel stigmatized by being called an yes. associate. I think so too. I think, although I think associate sounds it more sound of a, terrible. It doesn't sound, it sounds like just a con, like associate seems like it fits in other places in the world. Yes. Um, we used to call them interns for a mm-hmm. while. That seems more medical almost like. Yeah. Or something. Or even, well, being called a supervisee. Right. Maybe it sounds, it's not right. as prestigious. Right. I get that. I can see where there'd be those motivators too. But right now, currently, with my supervisees that I have, I think I think all of them are. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> how Sorry. Did, how, did you, <laughs> how did you screen for that? How do you think I don't you're know finding? that I did. I think it just is a good, I think... I think they're just wanting to learn and do better. And I have a good group right now that mm-hmm. they didn't all come from the same place. Like I'm trying to see what they have in common. Uh-huh. They didn't all come from the same place. Uh-huh. They haven't all worked at the same, you know what I mean? Like some of have worked in clinics, some have not. Uh-huh. Some are working more private practice kind of things. Um, 
One theme, I don't know if this this contributes to being intrinsically motivated. The majority of my supervisees right now are are licensed professional counselor supervisees mm. and yours are yeah. licensed marriage family therapists. Yeah, that might be a difference. I don't that's weird though. I would really, Yeah, I don't know how that would I mean be the, sc- but. the schools they went to right. or the experience they had in supervision mm-hmm. before. I don't maybe those things maybe. contribute. Yeah. Because I, to me, I think being intrinsically motivated has some to do with their development. Right. Like if they, I, to me, it, and it, um, lends itself towards being more mature developmentally. Mm -hmm. If you're more intrinsically motivated to, to grow and learn. Right. Um, and I mean, those were my examples that their experience in school, their experience Mm -hmm. with supervision, it has to do with their experience helps them to be. Right. More intrinsically motivated. I think some of it also might be um, right now, and this is something that I am separating from what maybe what my supervisees were like a couple years ago. They are all kind of in a place where they can just do it for wanting to do it. Like they're not in a, they're not in a, like I have to survive by making more money or I have to, they're all kind of in a place where they can just Uh be okay. I haven't always found that to be true. I mean, the, yeah. even some of my supervisees who are not uh, supporting themselves on their paycheck, mm-hmm. and so are you know have security right. in other ways, they're still not always very intrinsically motivated. Okay. okay. I was even thinking I've had supervisees at different ages, so d- at different stages in life. Even. Oh yeah. I that has not been an indication right. of being intrinsically no, motivated be, either. Nope. That doesn't. I don't think there's a. Like, there's not a category that we can probably ball, like, pick yeah. and go. Okay. Well, part of the article's point is that both are good. Right. Both, both are, are motivators. Right. So having someone who's motivated, either intrinsically or extrinsically, still good. Well, and I think sometimes along the way, like, don't you think sometimes it shifts a little bit between the two? Like, sure. you can, all of a sudden, you realize how close you are to the end of your hours or something, and you're all of a sudden very motivated by that. Yeah. Because you're like, oh. I'm so close or, you know, well, I think I was thinking this about how do you end up with supervisees that are intrinsically motivated? Um, I sometimes get supervisees that don't yet understand what it would be like to be intrinsically motivated as a counselor. And they kind of, right. So they start out with good Mm -hmm. extrinsic motivation. They think I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to get a paycheck and Mm -hmm. not be in school. And so they start doing it for those reasons, but along the way, they become more intrinsically Yeah, motivated. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, but that I, probably is one of the things you put across the board. I think that that has to do with the the context of supervision. Yeah. Like, do they feel like within supervision, you're not here to check the box. Right. You are gaining something or there's a, re- you know, there's a benefit to you mm-hmm. or a reason that you're doing this. I think that if you can help them see that, they can become they can, yes. more intrinsically motivated. Yes. And I think maybe that continues to grow, right? Like mm-hmm. once they get a little nugget of that and then you kind of get, I don't know, for me and my own motivations, I get excited like when I'm learning something new and that gets that, I don't like the ball rolling. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, I want more. I want more of that. And it's mm-hmm. all an internal dialogue more than yeah. You know, we haven't talked about it in a long time, but that's a, that reflects a lot of different models of uh, 
supervision. Oh yeah. Right? Done the that the, the yeah. developmental mm-hmm. models of supervision is what we're describing is that you start out and you probably don't have a lot of autonomy or intrinsic motivation, but as you grow and change the relationship between the supervisee and, and the supervisor shifts towards allowing the supervisee to be more autonomous, right. more motivated for their own reasons or in their own direction, uh, which matches Right. This article. Right. Because our next point is autonomy improves learning. Right. How have you seen that? Or what are ways that you allow your supervisees to be more autonomous, pushing their learning along? Well, I think sometimes I don't give the answer, which increases their chance mm-hmm. to be autonomous. Because mm-hmm. even if I don't, unless I staunchly disagree with something, and I mean, you have to be really off the rails for me to like interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going down a path where I'm like, mm, we'll see how this goes. Like, right. This, yeah. I want that to be their own choice because then you get more confident. Mm-hmm. And later on, there's that reflection of could it have been done differently or could it, you know. Uh-huh. I I know you've described this to me before. I can, I'm sure I've had a supervisee like this before, but maybe someone who starts out and they're calling you for every question or they're right. calling you uh-huh. every time they're going to lead a group, they're calling or emailing to ask what they should do right. or what's, what's an idea that they should mm-hmm. use. Um, that at some point you set a limit or, or gently encourage them right. to quit doing that. Right. Like you've got this, you've got it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a bunch. I know you can do it, um, but you can definitely, we'll talk about it when I see you this week. Right. Um, so sometimes it's less direct mm-hmm. where you let them have a little leeway to go with their own thought process right. or answer their own question. And other times it might be more direct where mm-hmm. you say, can't answer the question every single time right. for you. You've right. got to, you know, at some point you need to figure it out mm-hmm. and then come to me and we'll talk through how it went right. or how you felt about it. Right. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligence strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. I I do have one um, memory in you were talking about groups and someone calling and asking about what do I do for this group? What do I do for this group? Mm-hmm. Well, she had, she knew that I had led that group before. Like it was oh, like it yeah. within an agency. So she's like, she's like, what did you do when you, and I was like, Oh, well it wasn't developed yet because I, I was part of creating that curriculum as we went. And I was like, well, when I left, that wasn't developed yet. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. I don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, I think that you've had so much experience. Like you're just going to, like, yeah. you're going to get in there and it's going to be great. And sometimes not having a plan works out. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a turning point for her. Like, going in and really not really necessarily having a plan. It was like they went for 10 weeks instead of 8 weeks. And so week oh, 9 yeah, and 10 yeah. hadn't really yeah, been. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be great. And yeah. then, you know. um, I can remember working at an agency and I think I must have been the only play therapist. And they had a, not only did they have a lot of counselors, but they had a good number that were students, mm-hmm. like in either right. students or just out of school. Um, and my office had 
games and activities yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And pe pretty regularly, the newer counselors would run by and say, Sarah, can I borrow your whatever? Right. Like, maybe an example would be one of those balls where there are words written all over. Oh, like a magic it. eight ball. Oh, no, a different. Um, where you throw it to each other. And then you have to and, answer the question. Or, right. Yeah. Like if your thumb lands mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. something, then that's right. the question you ask or something like that. Um, that they would come by and ask to borrow things, expecting that they would use it and try and replicate <laughs> what I had done before. Right. <laughs> which never works out. No. Right. I mean, it has to do with the my style and the right. way I manage a group right. or the, my personality or mm -hmm. the questions I would ask. Um, and I got, it would irk me that that's not how that works. No. Um, and I would try and say like, well, I'm sure you can borrow that, but I mean, right. You got to put your own spin on it mm -hmm. or you have to do your own thing. Um, and so there were some, some materials that I would say no to. Right. And other materials. I mean, sure. Here's, mm -hmm. you know, the ball, mm -hmm. go for it. You can use the ball about a thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. So. Have fun, you know, and but it, they did often come back. Whoever borrowed stuff, they'd bring it back to me and say, "Ugh, it was a total flop." Yeah, you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you <laughs> gotta, gotta make I mean, it yours. <laughs> yeah, gotta be put your own spin on it, make it yours, mm -hmm. make be more autonomous with it. Um, but I guess even that is an opportunity to learn, right? When you realize the activity with the ball is not going well, right? Change it. Right. How many times have you been to workshops, especially when you're first learning and they're like, here are some of these ideas, these, you know, like, mm -hmm. here's what you can do in a session with this yeah. type of client or this type of client. And there's no way actually to replicate that and do that perfectly. Yeah. It, it would be awkward. It wouldn't, mm -hmm. it wouldn't fit your demeanor or it wouldn't fit your tone or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually been to one where they had everyone do their own Jenga Oh, thing, uh -huh, uh -huh. which was very cool and it was yeah. very cool to look at that everyone's was so different yeah but also like my my way i word questions even in therapy is different than even uh -huh. my colleagues that i am yeah. in practice with yeah. and so it's like you would ask that to a client like <laughs> you would say yeah sure why not i don't i'm yeah. pretty open about it well what if you drew it would you answer it yeah i mean just yeah. you know i think that's a i mean i play jenga mm -hmm. with questions written on the blocks or I'll play feelings checkers, which right. is kind of a similar mm -hmm. idea. Um, and I'm always surprised that people don't think or don't realize you adjust the counselor adjusts their response to the to, client. Right. We're not which actually. Is what we're which, <laughs> which is really what we're doing all the time. Right. Um, but what's a good example? Um, on one of my Jenga blocks, I have written, what is the worst thing you've ever said to your mom? Okay. And that's one yeah. where it depends on the kid, right? Right. If I'm playing with a seven-year-old, they their answer is one time I told my mom to shut up, right? Ooh, wow, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. If I got that block with the same kid, right? You're not gonna maybe it would be well, one time <laughs> I told my mom, mm -hmm. no, uh, or right. you know, something. get out of here. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> it would be a seven-year-old appropriate answer, right? But if I'm playing with a seventeen-year-old and the seventeen-year-old says, "I told my mom, right. I dropped an f bomb, right," and I da 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 da, right, and <laughs> and we're still gonna go, oh, mm -hmm. whoa, right. My answer to that question with the seventeen-year-old would right. be different, right? But we're saying the same thing about our supervisees, right? Yes, that we're saying if we had a supervisee, let's say the 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 pretend supervisee mm -hmm. that calls every time they're going to run a group. Maybe for the first couple of times that feels reasonable. Right. And they're you do help to it. Right. 
But if it's somebody who's been doing groups for a couple of months now and they still like to call right. you for every single group, mm-hmm. then you might be saying, okay, we talked about, right. we talked about coping skills group. Mm-hmm. You got it. Right. Come up with a good coping skills group idea. I believe you can mm-hmm. think up something. Right. The, the response is different depending on the person. Right. Absolutely. Um, the last point in our article is money is nice too, but autonomy is still more powerful. Right. Do you think that's true? I mean, I think money is very powerful, right? Uh-huh. I mean, and, but uh, autonomy is more powerful than money. I mean, maybe because think about just oh, this brings in one of those like moral compass questions, right? Like, yeah, someone's dangling the big paycheck, but you've got to do something you horribly hate. Would you do it for the money, and how long could you do it? Right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that creates burnout. Yeah, if you're, you know, I feel like I asked this question of my supervisees not that long ago. Can't remember who I was talking to. It was in a session. So right. it was either supervision or counseling session. And oh, I, I now I remember who it was. Okay. Um, but they're they're managing people mm-hmm. and they said, you know, everybody would be happier if we were reimbursed better. And I stopped them and said, Really? Right. Really? Is that the problem? Right. And she <laughs> and at first they went, Yes. And then went, and then the, the more they thought about it, they went, Okay, no. Right. And I said, because let's imagine you get, you know, and I can't remember the, I think I said $5 more an hour. Mm-hmm. And so if we multiply that out times a full-time job, that means this much per year. Right. If somebody gave you that much more right now, mm-hmm. you're happy for a whole year. Right. And they went, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Yeah, no. It doesn't, yeah. No. It doesn't fit. What would you do with that amount of money? And maybe like put some of it in the bank and save it and do something special for yourself right. a little bit, but right. like that makes you feel good the whole year. Right. Um, yeah, no. So I, I think it sounds like it would be really right. impactful or important or meaningful, but I don't know how much money it would take for most of us to really, for it to really change our lifestyle or our outlook on life. Right. I mean, that's why I said, I think it's like, we're talking huge amounts, like, you know, so much more that it wouldn't, Okay, so if we're talking about living paycheck to paycheck and literally right. being worried about it right. versus I'm going to give you enough money that you can take a deep breath and think, Whew, I am financially stable. Right. I feel secure right now. Right. Maybe that could make a Maybe big enough difference. Yeah. But, but we it, think autonomy is more important than money? I don't know if I agree with it or not. I think, that auton- I think money is powerful. That's uh-huh. what I think. But autonomy, like getting to choose and getting your own self like coming from like a within place i mean what is, what's the reason that a lot of us do what we're doing yeah. we didn't get into it for the money or we would have pursued something different right well what if we're not talking about 100 percent autonomy but we're talking about autonomy in a lot of different ways because i like that you said the ability to choose right think of how many pre or post covid right people thought working from home <gasps> right what what a luxury <laughs> Um, that I, I mean, that's become more common and right. some, I mean, for sure, all the people who now are either at home or working in like a hybrid. kind of yeah. hybrid, mm-hmm. if you took that away right now, oh, they'd be horribly upset. Even if they don't really want it all that right. much. They just would be upset that they lost something. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't get to choose that anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, it's true. And so maybe if we're talking about other factors, um, decision-making within your counseling sessions. Yeah. What if someone took that away from you? That'd be really sad. So if someone I, says I would no, hate my job. 
Yeah. I know I've I've not I don't think I've ever worked for a place that did this, but I'm I know of places that they use a workbook oh, yeah. and session number three uh-huh. means that you do right. these three things. Right. What if you went from what you do now to session it's session number three, so we're gonna do these three things. Right. I think I would feel like a shell of a person. Like my body is here, but my brain is not and I don't mm-hmm. really you're not invested, right? And then that takes away from the whole purpose of like counseling and therapy is relationship. I think it kind of, to me, it maybe works backwards. So you take away the, the feeling of empowerment. Mm -hmm. You take away learning. As we said, autonomy is both power and learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you ultimately eventually would take away the motivation. Right. So it just kind of start to crumble if we were taking away autonomy. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine doing that. I, I don't know what I would do. It would be it would be a slow falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like a very slow crumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you went from, nope, you, I mean, you get to choose how your sessions go, what the goals are. Right. All of the things. Even to, I mean, realistically, none of us have complete control over right. that because something is driving mm-hmm. what we, you know, either you work in an agency and so there's some um, model underlying yeah like path that people right. follow or do, do you think that's true in private practice that we don't, we have a lot of autonomy, but do we have a hundred percent autonomy? I don't think a hundred percent. I think there's other factors that play yeah. into it. I think um, a lot of my supervisees think that. I think, yes. Is it perceived? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but even the, I think, well, the th- the outside factors that drive us are um, making sure clients come back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that's the only factor. So right. it's not the only thing that drives, but it is part of the drive. Um, money is right. part of making money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you bill insurance, which I think is kind of the same right. as the money, right. that there's just, Certain, you have to make yeah. a, whoever's paying the bill, you have to meet their expectation right. to some degree. Right. Uh, what do you think are the other factors? What about, um, I mean, we talked about clients coming back or not coming back, but like looking a little bit deeper to like, that referral source, right? Yes. Like that piece uh-huh. of it. Like, uh-huh. are you getting your referrals from just word of mouth because people like who you are as a counselor? Are you getting your referrals because you're part of mm-hmm. some group together? That well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Whatever group you're a part of. So that either licensing board, right. um, an organiza- professional organization mm-hmm. that sends you referrals. If you're not meeting their standards, then yeah, you're not. Then that's not going to work. Right. So, you, so that mm-hmm. directs some of what right. we do. So while we have a lot of autonomy, it's not a hundred percent. So then even, so money's the money part's nice and right. it's kind of important, which we just said, even in private practice that drives some of it. And then the autonomy is part of it too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Big circle. Um, how do we help our supervisees increase their motivation, which then means greater learning, greater autonomy, greater sense of power. Do you think, um, do we have to be really intentional about that all the time? I don't think all of the time. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my, su- I think they flux, right? Like you get supervisees that are fresh out of school and they're so excited and they're ready to go. And then they hit kind of a plateau mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're like, uh, and sometimes they need nudging along the way to like, keep it rolling, keep it going. But I think as sometimes they get closer to whatever goal it is, whether it's hours done, new job, whatever that is, they get this like surge of motivation again. Mm-hmm. But I think it kind of goes back and forth i think maybe i'm going to 
if I haven't done this explicitly, maybe I'm, I'm going to try it out and see what happens if I do. What if these are the treatment goals of supervision? Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah. The, right? That, uh-huh. um, uh, you know, if we're setting, creating treatment goals for right. supervision for those those clients, um, then it's increasing the quality of mo- their motivation, mm-hmm. increasing their learning, and increasing right. their autonomy. I like it. Might be the thing that I think about focusing on. Mm-hmm. So then if what we're doing doesn't somehow lead back to one of those three things, mm-hmm. then maybe we don't, we don't need right. to do it. Maybe we don't need to do it if that's not the mm-hmm. main goal. Mm-hmm. If, it's not, if it's not supporting a goal. Yeah. So I don't think that leads us to specific things that we do to no. motivate or right. create learning or, or autonomy, but maybe guides us. Right. Because I also think you and I are saying... This isn't one size fits all. Nope. So if we gave specific things, like you're mm-hmm. saying, like you go to the training and they say, paint a rock. Right. That's, that's <laughs> going to cure depression. We're going to paint rocks <laughs> and everybody's going to cure. The, that might be true for some people, but it won't be the magic right. thing for everybody. So same thing with our supervisees. That right. If we had a list of activities, it might be fun or interesting or spark a new idea for us, but it, the list of activities isn't right. going to be a it's not gonna be the fix. cure-all for right. every person. Hmm. So we got to get creative again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. Heather and I would love to hear about the things that you do that either motivates you or your supervisees. And as always, we'd love to hear suggestions for future 